I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Hey everyone, and thanks for joining me on Diving Deep EDU. This podcast is based in conversations that are willing to go off on a rabbit trail or two in order to find those aha moments. Those times when someone is able to say something in a way that brings increased clarity. Now, I'm an educator, so much of our conversations will have that as the end goal. How can the things that we are talking about help us to dive deeper into educational practices? Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Vladimir Gerbich. Vladimir is a two-time Olympian medalist with a gold medal from 2000 and bronze from 1996. He's also a member of the Volleyball Hall of Fame. His international victories include a silver medal at the 1998 World Championships and a gold medal at the 2001 European Championship. In addition to his many medals, Vladimir has been declared the best sportsman of the year, the best athlete in Yugoslavia, the best European volleyball player, and the best volleyball player of the century in Yugoslavia. On top of that, Vladimir Vladimir has been an ambassador of the Special Olympics since 2010. Vlad, thank you so much for joining me. I want to start off this conversation with a little piece of wisdom or philosophy that you've been thinking about lately. I know that you have a lot uh, that you're always thinking about and sharing. What is something you've been thinking about that you can share to get this conversation started? You know, uh, as a motivational speaker, uh, speaking with more than 70 companies around, mm-hmm. not only here in Serbia, where I live actually, but uh, entire Europe. Um, what helped me to uh, make a fly, not jump, but fly from yeah. a small village, which have uh, 1,850 people, mm-hmm. to the Olympic goal was not... Um, my physical capacities, but faith. Hmm. You know, what I'm trying always to explain to the people is that uh, every morning when we wake up, we have a choice, not two, but one. Uh, And it's always up to us. Uh, I learned that when I was nine years old, my father brought me to the line of the volleyball field because he was a volleyball player himself. Mm-hmm. And he told me, listen, son, this line is not line of the volleyball field. This is border between two worlds. Mm. On this side, it's a world of ordinary people, people who goes every day on a job without real necessity to test themselves. Yeah. to give the maximum they have. Uh, they just go just to click their card, just to do their job, 
they have breaks. They have or finding the way just to kill the day. Mm. But these people doesn't make changes, and these people are not game changers. These people are inviting the people who have courage and faith to test mm. themselves and to see what their capacities, their possibilities. Yeah. Because most of the people lives in the world where they're afraid maybe to find out who they are in reality, you know, because maybe they will not like it. So they prefer to live, not to give themselves completely and to dream about, I am much better than this. And this is mm. the way to create haters. Mm. There's a world full of haters around us. So it's up to you. Would you like to be that guy? Or if you want to step in my world, which is the world of knights and samurais, which mm -hmm. were not born like that, they decided to be one. Because mm -hmm. every step they make, they give 100% of their capacities, their commitment, their emotions. And opportunity to do so they take like honor, respected to those who gave them possibility. This possibility is to represent your country, your people, your company. So you give every single step 120%. Mm -hmm. Win or die trying. These people are game changers. These people are bright examples of how you have to do the things so no matter if you are three of ten and you are giving your three every single day you will respect yourself as true olympic champion because this is olympic mentality this is olympic champion mentality so it's mm -hmm. up to you and it's up to us what we decide to be shall we commit ourselves completely with commitment dedication focus on what we have to do to give all ourselves be happy and be in love with what you do yeah. so you can not only do your job but to motivate all other people around you or you want to be the hater mm. so this is something I'm, I'm trying to transfer to the people transfer to the kids I'm working with now trust transfer to my student on university because uh, this is what I've learned on the way, on the path I was recording and I understand and there is nothing uh, more sane than transferring knowledge yeah. within best intentions hmm. that's great, thanks for starting off this conversation with that and, uh, and that's helpful for the beginning. bring us to that volleyball court, right, you're nine years old you're yeah. there with your dad what helped you gain a love of volleyball, of sport, of athletics? Because I also know that you played a bunch of other sports, but volleyball yeah. became the one that, that you excelled at and you sort of spent more of your time at. But what helped build that love? Uh, you know, in, in Balkans or generally in Slovenian uh, type of people, uh, we like idols and authorities. We need that. Hmm. So I had idol in my father. And he was for us real superhero without powers like 
lasers from the eyes, possibility of flying. But he was, you know, a real superhero in his principles. He was extremely strong. Uh, he was respected. He was uh, the president of the school. So when he came in the school, all the kids was running in the class, sitting in the chairs, and nobody was saying a word. That was, that was, without him, I never hear him scream, ever. Wow. For example, me and my brother, we grew up, he never repeated order again, ever. <laughs> he just said once, and that's it, you know. And that was not fear, that was respect. Yeah. Respect that uh, today is impossible. And in a sport mm. or in a war or let's say military, um, mm. that is the way to be. So um, let's say we were watching him since we were kids because he was playing until 38 years old. I beat him because I play until 39. And my brother beat me because he played until 41. <laughs> We were like, you know, dead hell old guys playing. But, um, you know, uh, the beauty of uh, or philosophy of volleyball, mm. what uh, difficulty you have to pass through just to be capable of yeah. um, communicate with your teammates and fight with the other guys on the other side of the net. Because... Mm. Uh, very often, basketball players call volleyball players like a sissies or girls sport because there is no contact in between. You know, so I say, yeah, you know how many times I wanted to grab somebody for his neck and crush him like crazy, but in <laughs> volleyball you can't do it because, like in tennis, there is a net between. So you must be on one hundred percent of your capacity, physical capacities. And put all this on the service of your mind. Be much more clever than the other. Mm. Much more calm. Much more wiser. Because mm. it's an uh, intellectual game. For example, NATO pilots have one hour of the combat education, combat training, playing volleyball. Why? Oh, wow. Because it's declared as a sport of fast, uh, you know, fast intelligence. Huh. Because the situations that are happening in the volleyball are so fast, like they have in the combat traditions. So uh, you can't take the ball, grab the ball to see where your teammate is. You have to play it. So you are depending on your teammate. And the quality of your play will be determination of the quality of the team game. Hmm. So uh, to learn technique, which is the vocabulary of the volleyball you will need 20 years so it's a very very difficult video game uh, where once you learn it you never forget it that's one and two um, when time passes by and you understand you realize actually um, the nature of the sport type of the people you realize that volleyball helped you to grow up as a person, emotionally, socially, most of all. Because you have to communicate with the people that not obligatory you like. So you have to accept the people for what they are and how they are if you want to win. Because if you start to fight, you will lose. 
because you need them because they are your teammate and you are one. So even from this kind of education of tolerance, patience, etc., 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 volleyball is phenomenal. Mm. So all of these things that I gained and helped me in my life were just proof that I choose wrong, or as my father said very democratically, <laughs> when I was 15 years old, he said, you can play whatever sport you want, but you will play volleyball. You know? <laughs> and that was not, you know, that was not uh, imposed. He just saw me. Mm-hmm. He saw me inside a volleyball. And he said, my son, that's you. Yeah. You know, with 16 years, we play school Olympics. And, you know, there, there's this one game in your, in your career that changes the entire course of your career where my emotion just went out, where I explode. Mm. And I believe that is the only game when after he embraced me and kissed me. Oh, wow. And uh, that was one of the best days in my life. Mm. Because everything we do as a kids and youth, we are trying to prove ourselves to our parents, to our coach, to our idols, right? So mm-hmm. this was the biggest proof for me that I am on the right path. From mm-hmm. that day, I was like, I was flying. Mm-hmm. My playground was a gym. My toy was volleyball balls. Uh, people that I was watching and following were volleyball players. Yeah. But not only. Because also before and after, there were also other sports, handball, basketball, Mm-hmm. football so I could watch them and follow them yeah. and that environment of the athletes where it's people pre-selected and oriented towards a certain goal everybody is kind of environment I like mm. it's much more clean it's much more fair yeah I want to highlight something you just brought up and that's the collaboration amongst people yeah. in volleyball because you've also played not just in Yugoslavia and Serbia but you've no. played in six different countries different continents you've been yeah. interacting with people in different languages and you speak different languages as well but that's there's also other ways that people communicate in other cultures so here's my here's what I want to get at what are some things that helped you collaborate communicate with other people and what were some things maybe that didn't go so well that, that you've learned from? I played in six countries mm-hmm. outside of my country. Okay. Japan, Russia, Turkey, Italy, Greece, Brazil. And as you yeah. can see, it's all around the globe. Yeah. Completely different realities, completely different people, religions, nationalities. Mm-hmm. We have, as I say, we have two choices. One is to build a wall in front of us, between us and them, and to say, those people are crazy, they're lunatics, they're this, they're this, they're this. And never in reality know who they are. Hmm. Never to know what they think, what is their culture, etc., etc., etc. It's not about them, it's about your close mentality, hmm. your fear of, um, of something that you don't know, of the prejudice. People with open mind, they are not seeking for differences. Mm. They are seeking for 
point of contact and good in people. For example, what is happening now in U.S., Asian hate or before black hate. Yeah. You know, these are underdeveloped people who mm-hmm. didn't understand what it means to be in life. Mm-hmm. Staying in life, giving give opportunity to live, to collaborate, to work within. You know, it's stupid. Yeah. I was in Brazil, just to give you an example, there was 14 players. Actually, it was 13 by 14 was there and here, etc. Cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was six blacks and six, uh, seven blacks, six white. There was one guy, black racist. Yeah, there is also black racist. It's mm-hmm. okay. So he said since day one when I come, they say, look, he is particular, so don't. Okay. okay. He said, listen, I'm black racist, so just I want to tell you so you know. I said, listen, I don't have problem with that. But I'm just asking you one thing. Judge me as a person hmm. and not by the color of my skin. In one and a half month that we played together, because then he went to Japan and then he came back afterwards, he called me white brother. Hmm. He didn't want to go anywhere without me. It's not about appearances. What we actually seek in our relationship, in reality, is what the people have inside of them. This kind of exchange, the cultural exchange, the deep exchange, is an essence in everything that helped me in my career to have better approach. Mm. When I was when I was in Japan, after two months, I started to speak in in, in Japanese some words. So I I was speaking to referee in the championship. I, I, I said, "Suimasen, kure no nani." He was like, you know, his whistle, his whistle went up. He was watching our coach, my coach, just like that, you know. So uh, when I'm coming there, I want to understand who you are. Mm. I want to talk your language. I want to eat your food. I want to be part of your mentality. I will show you respect of who you are. So you will accept me easier. Because when we understand each other, we will be in the same wave. That's the point. Not to seek for differences, but to seek for the points that are touching and combining us together. Mm. It's very easy to find differences. Mm. Stupid people find differences. So Mm. when I was leaving Japan, all my teammates was crying. Uh, In Turkey, which was my my, uh, last year in career, uh, I had a friend, which was a Muslim, and I'm Christian. I call him brother. He called mm. me brother. Unfortunately, he died because of the cancer. But relationship that I had with him and now with his wife and his son is something that goes beyond of all differences in the world. Mm. You know, so this is something that speaks about what you have inside. Yeah. And I believe that's the most important thing. And I'm very helpful to volleyball that gave me that. Yeah. Uh, some of the biggest disappointments I had in, in my country, not abroad. Hmm. You know, you can understand mentality of and culture of the, the people in certain country because there are some differences. 
which are the way to see the things, nothing else. Mm. You know, because it's very easy to, to understand how they are in Italy. They like to have nice cars. They have, like to have nice suits. Then they go to church on Sunday just to see who is dressed in which way. Mm. But these are Italians. They like to enjoy life. They are masters of life. In Greece, if they could drink coffee 24 hours, they would drink coffee 24 hours. You know, <laughs> you know. in Turkey, when I went there with, with my wife, we were thinking now they will have, you know, the big heads like they had in, in 19th century. They will smoke the cigarettes and drink Turkish coffee. Absolutely no. There were no <laughs> covered, not big number of the covered people. Istanbul, the biggest country, under my advisement, the biggest country in the the biggest city in the world on two continents it's phenomenal if you go mm. to Baghdad street it's you know 20 kilometers it's open it you know everything it's fantastic you know in russia you know there is always this kind of thing like you know serbian and russians are brothers etc big russian souls it's a very cold city cold mm. and meaning of emotions etc eternal race who have more which is completely different with the rest of the Russia, for example. Or, let's say, Brazil. Brazil was, you know, uh, on one side, you have extreme rich people, and the other side, you have favelas, where is the people who, you know, doesn't have anything to eat. Yeah. And uh, you can understand and evaluate the quality of the life in the country that you live. You know, mm -hmm. so... This also is something that you can understand very well. Yeah. And uh, actually, you know, um, this helped me as a person, as a human, to understand in which way I had to educate my kids and behave. Mm -hmm. Now, in this moment, I have a camp. Uh, it's summer and winter, a volleyball camp. Where we are not doing only volleyball, we do prevention. Most of all, we do orthopedic prevention, motor development prevention, and psychological evaluation. So we can compose individual program for every single kid. Mm. They are divided in groups by gender, age, capacities. And imagine, I have kids from 37 countries from all continents. Oh, wow. You know, I never heard at some camp in few number of the years have 840 participants from all continents and 36 or 37 uh, countries you know wow i you know when i when i tell you people from angola people from south africa people from tanzania came to my camp from abu dhabi from from dubai and such and such from australia you know the guy called uh, the a kid called Willie Wong, who's coming from California, last year when it was lockdown, he said, I'm very sorry. I, I'm crying. I would like to come. Girls from Russia, too. Mm. Because the way and behavior towards the kids, which are little humans or mm. big humans, you know, little bodies, and it just depends how we will educate them. So they will conduct this earth in the future yeah. and it depends on us yeah. this is something that volleyball gave me mm. you know and my playing around the globe gave me 
participation and understanding, you know. So how can I tell you? I'm very grateful to volleyball that gave me this opportunity, not just to learn the languages, not just to meet the mm -hmm. people, not just to, but to really understand what is the essence of life, essence mm -hmm. of being human. Yeah, Vlad, you mentioned earlier that it's difficult, right, to be able to see how we're the same. And you gave some examples about how you became brothers with people on your teams and, and how that built a bond and your bond with people from different countries, different cultures, you moved around to different countries. Are you able to give us an example or two? Because some of our listeners are, are probably thinking, yes, I, I'm, I'm trying to do that as well, but I'm having a hard time doing that. What's some examples where you were able to sort of see the same or be the same with another person that didn't look like you or didn't have the same culture as you? I will give you an example which is very narrow to me. We won the Olympic gold in Sydney in 2000. And this team, my brother was on, on this team. He was, he is, he was extraordinary person, an extraordinary sportsman too. He's also, we are only two brothers in the Hall of Fame of any sport. I can tell you that None of us is a friend among us. We never took a coffee or drink or went to dinner or, or lunch together, ever. Mm. We are not friends outside of the group. So it's not essential to be a friend or brother to make a successful team. Interesting. What counts is the field. Mm. I don't care if you're black white, yellow, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, whatever you are. What I need from you is to believe that you are the only person that I can rely on and I can trust only you and only with you I can win. Hmm. If I put these things exactly on this way, I cannot fail. You know, trying to enter the water with touching with the fingers just to check is it cold or hot? It doesn't mean trying. Hmm. You have to enter with the faith. I had <clears throat> some situations in my career that simply, you know, energy of you and the other people is absolutely not together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's examples, for example, two Italian players which were, you know, this team, Modena was a champion, and uh, Bertoli and LaFranco, they couldn't see each other. They were mm -hmm. hating each other like, I don't know, but in the field, they were giving support to each other like nobody else. Mm. Because the team cannot suffer anyone's weaknesses. Mm. Because the team is not the best names together. It's one body composed of many pieces mm -hmm. which connections, which in the invisible connections are stronger than those visible. Mm. This is the team. Yeah. It's difficult. Absolutely, I agree. But you don't have to go to the bed with someone. You don't have to eat with someone. You don't have to go to the bar with someone. Mm. Or take him to, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to marry with someone. No. Mm. What you have to do 
is to have open mind to understand mm. his position, to be calm, to be tolerant, to be patient, to communicate with yeah. constructive critics or in a constructive way. If you do and play these things in this way, success will come 100%. You know, it doesn't matter how successful you are and what you do. If you're alone, you're only alone. But life is not solo player. Yeah. You know, life is game player. It's a team player. So mm. no matter your qualities, maybe, not all of your qualities will need your team. So you have to focus and understand what your team needs of you. And you have to give it. You know, mm. I'm always asking my friend, what makes you happy? What really makes you happy? Yeah. Does it make you happy to have good statistics, but your team have lost? Because if team wins, everybody wins. We won the Olympic gold. There are four players never entered. So they are Olympic champions too. But their support during trainings, etc., yeah. etc. Maybe some of them was all also pushing the balls. You know, making us nervous. Maybe this, maybe this kind of support was mm. needed to us. Interesting. To be what we are, we will never know. You know why? Mm. Because in sport psychology, none of the coaches or players, athletes, will never allow psychologists to test them during stressful times, like semifinals or finals of the Olympics. Hmm. So we will never know. Or we must have very experienced experts which will be able on behalf of face positions yeah. to understand and configuration of the face to understand what these people are feeling. Throughout your you know, your career, throughout each season, right, you're gonna face many difficulties and you've have faced difficulties throughout your career, whether it be an injury yeah. or, or something not happening. Yeah. How does facing difficulties through sports help you in that sport and beyond? Sport is not made of nice things. And actually <laughs> what make you grow and what helps you to grow are difficult. None of the athletes who have won the Olympic gold, didn't went through flower fields, absolutely no. He had to fight, yeah. he had to fail, and fail big yeah. to succeed. You know, I'm, I will not recall Michael Jordan's, I failed, 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 and that's why in the end I, I succeed. It's, you know, it's floscillate, already had become, but um, most of the people doesn't even try because they are afraid of failure. So they want to fail, they want to face, they don't want to face a feeling of failure, so they don't even try. And their dreams die even before we're born, which is stupid. Yeah. You, uh, how they say, you cannot make the omelet without breaking some eggs, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, maybe it's stupid, and it's you know, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, uh, if you want to make a very nice statue, 
your hands must be dirty. True. Because they work with ground or whatever, that mm -hmm. kind of material, you know. What didn't kill me made me stronger. Yeah. And I had some very, very difficult moments in my career. Mm -hmm. Right. We, when we lost the championship in Italy, that I was accused because, you know, coaches, of course, always have to find somebody which is, of course, most seen. And, uh, you know, so, uh, or let's say always has to be somebody who has to be guilty. Yeah. As I was preaching many times with my coaches, because I was not very easy to domain and handle. Um, I was perfect for that. Mm. So uh, the biggest failures, biggest losses in my career made me understand to evaluate very well every single game and every play afterwards. Mm. You know, I will give you I will give you an example. Imagine what choose one sport. Let's go with uh, basketball. Basketball. Imagine you are on free throw lines, okay, and the time has collapsed, finished. So you have only two throws to, to, to go, okay, and result is two under opponent. So if you fail one, you lost. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about while you are standing and bouncing the ball? That you will fail? Mm that your team will lose. Hmm. Am I right? Yeah, probably. 100% yeah. of the people is thinking in this way. I learned how to avoid that. Hmm. How do you do that? Because we are focused on what could happen, the virtual reality that didn't happen, hmm. instead of focusing on one step at the time that we have to do. We have lost mm. the focus. So we are watching there and we are going straight, you know. So we are absolutely uh, giving much bigger space for mistake than to make mm. to make a point. Yeah. And I can tell you for I, I spoke with, with with many athletes in different sports. Yeah. I spoke for example with with volleyball players, uh, the same thing when they are in reception and the opponent is serving 40-30 for the opponent, what they are thinking. They say, I would like just them to make mistake, not to serve me, not to get ace, the ball not to go on the other side, mm -hmm. and not to be set to me. During the process of training, their training were not thinking process, yeah. but it was only physical process. Interesting. So, uh, in the concept, what I'm working with the kids since they are young is to think about what they do. I force them to, mm -hmm. uh, not to fail, but to try. Yeah. And I say like this, failure is mine. If you fail, that's my mistake. I want you to try to do with 100% conviction and 100% of your strength. 
No. If something happened bad, we will understand from that what we have to do in a different way. Mm. But worst mistake in life generally is if you're afraid to do something, then you are doing double mistake. You're afraid, mm. you have made a mistake, and worst of all, you don't know what you have to do next because you don't have any guideline because you have done mm. it because you were afraid. Not because you, you made some temptation or whatever, or tried, let's say. Hmm. So, hmm. Uh, let's say we, we, we left a little bit, but, you know, um, difficulties in sport <laughs> make character strong. Not only make the character strong, they make people, personality strong. Difficulties has to be put in training as a part of education. But this is, you know, in sport science, for example, now most of the people who work with the kids, they would like to make Olympic champions from them when they are 13, 14 years old. Do you know any Olympic champion with 13, 14 years? I don't. I know. So they are not leaving the kids possibility to enjoy a game. Hmm. Until 16 years, kids need to play and enjoy. From 16 years in the front, with the small spoon, they have to start to eat stress. Where we already prepare them in the last three, four years how to think. So they can process the steps they have to do. Control breathing, control movement, to be conscious mm -hmm. of what your body need to do, etc., etc., etc. You know, so then it's easy on built base of the pyramid to arrive to the roof mm. or to the top, to the last pillar. But if your base is not good, it will collapse. It's not good. Yeah. You know. True. So, um, funding and growing athletes is not only matter of an uh, analytics and methodics of the sport it's much much more it's a mission yeah helping kids to uh, learn how to handle difficulties they are facing it's not a question of the sport it's a question of life because we through sport learn how to uh, implement ourselves in, in, in environment, in society, uh, how to face difficulties. You know, we say, oh, he, he is an athlete. He's really, you know, he's giving himself in. He never give up. He, that's something the sport gives you. If he's conducted with the people, conscious how to educate you or mythical world who have a culture. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that we can bring to education that, that you're talking about. And you're an yeah. educator. You're a professor yeah. and then also at these yeah. camps, you know, you're yeah. tailoring education. So, I mean, we could talk for hours, but I just wanted to sort of reflect on a couple. So you've mentioned the importance of play. And I feel yeah. in schools, they, they take that out. So I wanted yeah. you to sort of reiterate a little bit on that. Yeah. And then I want you to talk about, too, you mentioned way back at the beginning of our conversation that you specialize your instruction per, 
kids' abilities and their needs, and and that's amazing. So um, I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that, why that's important. So maybe if you could just zero in a bit. And Vlad, if you noticed, I haven't asked you any specific question about you being an Olympian champion. Am I the first that that hasn't brought that up at the beginning? My my friend, that was 20 (laughs) years ago. That, That is something that happened in history, you know. Romans were the biggest emperor in the world. Yeah, so and now, where they are? A legacy. Legacy is something that really stays on. So if we really want to be the pillars of the legacy, which will prepare the next generations to become mm-hmm. more conscious, better humans, uh, mm-hmm. with with clear idea of the future yeah. of this world, of this planet, then we can say, you know, I can tell you of my, of my team, of 12 of us, I can call maybe only four really, you know. So that medal, it's important for me because it yeah. reminds me on something we have done. But the job I'm doing now, I'm doing now, is for me much, much, much more important than anything I do during my career, you know. I mm. get the CV, uh, Confederation of European of Volleyball, Life, uh, Life Work Award. You know, wow, that's awesome, really. <laughs> I mean, what does it mean for, for being player? And now, what, they will have to give me five Life Work Awards because what I'm doing now is something that nobody else is doing. What, what I'm trying to do is to people who is working with kids in, in sport generally now, yeah. they are coming from high-level sport. Okay? okay, And they are working with copy-paste principles because copy-paste is 60 years old. Imagine, for example, parents who have kids who are striving for paid from university to pay for it so that they, they didn't have to pay scholarship. Imagine just to, to earn scholarship. So their kids don't have to uh, to pay. And they pay to the coaches, right? So they prepare their kids. They are running. They are, my friend, did you ever try to understand who the kid is? Did mm. you ever talk to him? Did you ever understand what kind of material you have in the front of you so you know what you have to do with it? No, you yeah. didn't. That human that you have inside of you or in the front of you, that personality you can break, not even by touching her physically, but emotionally you can destroy yeah. the rest of his life. So when the kids come to me, mm. first what I, I have to understand is postural status to understand, do they have some orthopedic issue, problem? Okay. If they have, we have to work on it so kids, when they sit to do math, or play piano, they don't have problem on their back. Mm. They don't have one shoulder higher and the other lower, but they are like an arrow. Yeah. So the composition of the muscles when they comes, when they grow, will not be discus hernia or some other issue that should have been seen before. Mm. So the first issue is an orthopedic prevention. Second mm. thing because we have uh, specialized uh, doctor orthopedic uh, for, for kids who work in, in a national clinic who have finished medicine and faculty of sport and physical team, both. 
Oh wow! We have two two universities. Okay, he is extraordinary person. Two, I have six doctors of science from my university. Five, sorry, I still didn't get graduated. So let's say <laughs> five plus uh, three quarters or one. So uh, with our professor of cathedra of analytics and diagnostics to understand where the kids are in motor diagram and where is their position, what they have to do on behalf of their generation, the standard of their generation, and the standard of their group in the camp. So we can tell them, listen, you are good in this, good in this, good in this, so this is a little bit lower. So we have to work on this so injury will not happen. Okay, what is important is to work with kids so the space of work is safe, and we call it space uh, space of safety and stimulation. Oh. So it, it must have both. Why must have both? Because while they are playing and enjoying, what I'm asking from my coaches is I need one kid smile. If I have kids smile, I know we have one because the kid will play and it will not go to use this uh, thing, which is an instrument. It's not an enemy. It's an instrument to use. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, hey Vlad, Vlad, they can't see you right now because it's all audio. What were you holding up there? It's a phone. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure our listeners. Can. Yeah, it, it's a phone. You know, so, <laughs> this is a tool. That you can use to call, send the messages, uh, and play some games. Kids normally use it uh, to play the games. For example, <laughs> kids on my camp, they don't use phones. Mm. They don't need it because they have so good time, they don't need it. Yeah. So they parents call me and say, listen, I didn't hear my son for two days. Did anything happen? I said, yes, <laughs> it, happened. it happened my camp. They are so happy here, they forget about you. So um, when we get this answer, which is mechanical, I call it mechanical. It's a hardware, you know. We get also psychological testing and technical evaluation, which is mm -hmm. also hardware. Psychological evaluation is more for coaches, but also for me to understand what is the way of thinking of the kids, mm -hmm. uh, what they are expecting from and why did they came. You cannot believe, but more than 85% of the kids come to socialize. More than 85% come to socialize. Hmm. To find friends, etc., etc., etc. So, um, the program that I have prepared with the coaches, coaches that I choose, I choose them on behalf of experience, time, uh, their specialties, and the character. Mm. So, for example, with the youngest group, work three girls, which are doing a lot of elementary games, a lot of polygons, balloons, etc., etc., etc. So it's, it's more enjoying than volleyball. Yeah. It's get crazy, you know. It's mm. like <laughs> incredible. But for high level, for example, for boys and for girls, we have coaches. For example, men coach is the guy who have won last five championships with juniors and cadets and he was third in the school championship in the world wow 
Okay. And of course, he's not the national team coach because he's collaborating with me, and I'm not politically, uh, you know, they don't like me because Uh-oh. I talk too much. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's let just forget about it. And the second, and the second thing is, for example, with with the girls, work the guy who was uh, who worked in Romania. He's uh, from my hometown. Um, he was three-time Romanian champion, youth, mm. and now he's working with the seniors having fantastic results, but fantastic results. So um, the rest of the groups are on behalf of age they are working and the age I prepared them for the last four years to do. Mm. I'm there like an eagle, and I'm watching everything they do. Mm. Because if there is something I notice there is not what I would like to be, I call them, I talk with them. So before, during, and after trainings, we are talking continuously. During the camp, kids have uh, education, also coaches, for fear, to understand how to face the fear. Wow. How, not to how to eliminate it, because it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but because fear is emotion. It's not something that you cannot just eliminate that. No. Hmm. Just only a stronger than fear. No. No, no. But <laughs> that, that's not the way to do the things. You know, it's by focusing on what you hmm. have to do is not paying attention to anything else. Hmm. So you, the space of mistake will be tiny, tiny, tiny. Hmm. I'm not saying that it's absolutely eliminating. No. But the space is very tiny. So practically, I'm teaching them step by step how to think. Which, as I told you before, was something I arrived on it alone. My coach has never told me how to do that. So I figured it alone. For example, on a serve, I said, first of all, when you take the ball, don't bounce the ball because you will hit your feet and the ball will go away. Don't do that. No more necessary, uh, more more unnecessary movement. So mm. you take the ball, you see where you want to serve, and you take the tennis ball and put it exactly there. Not the zone because zone is 18 square square meters. No, just the tennis ball. Put it oh, there. Wow. Imagine the tennis ball. Take deep breath. Inspire, expire. So you can calm yourself. For example, during the training, when normally volleyball players are, are having training, heartbeats are 90. During the game, it's between 170 and 200. Oh, my goodness. So it's completely different physiological situation, and also mind goes on behind that. So if you are not thinking during the serve while you are serving, when you come in difficulty in the game, you will arrive to think of that two principles we said. Not to make mistake or just to put mm. the ball on the other side, which is terrible. So there is the ball. Inspire, expire. Put the ball in the front of you. Prepare your arm. And when you throw the ball in the front of you, enough to be hit it, with palm over your hand, guide the ball exactly in the tennis ball. Mm. And do that 10 times for me, not more. We are not working on quantity. We work mm. on quality. 
after mm -hmm. seven repetitions, kids told me I already felt if the server goes in the spot or not. Wow. These situations are really quality changers. Same mm -hmm. thing is in reception, same thing is in, in setting, same thing is in any kind, even other sport, because psychology in sport, mm -hmm. high-level sport, is the same. So <clears throat> focusing on what you have to do is giving your mind precise direction and commitment where you have to finish. So the level of success is very high. Yeah. So um, what I do, I do three kind of activities. Indoor, beach volleyball, and swimming pool. I will say okay. what they're doing. What do you mean swimming pool? What that has to do with the volleyball? Yeah. Just a second, I will explain it to you. So <laughs> indoor volleyball with all difficulties or problems, until 16 years, no stress. No asking mm -hmm. nothing of them, but just make mistakes. Don't worry. Try everything you want. Mm. When we teach them technical element, technical skills, then on the training we use games one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, so they understand why they need to learn that good technique because they will win. Mm. And kids like to win. So that's why they will put all effort to learn technical skill Interesting. because they want to win. To teach them how to move the lazy legs, which normally in every sport is like that, mm -hmm. I use balloons because with the balloons, they have much more time. So they have to move without making chicken move with the head <laughs> or to making soccer move like Zlatan Ibrahimovic with the football. So their body is fixed without movement. Their neck and their head is still, and they are moving just with the legs up and down. Wow. So uh, let's say I had to understand how to make them work to be 100% successful. Mm -hmm. So in the gym, we start with 30 minutes warming up individual program because this individual program is based on exams we have done orthopedy, motor development. So we know what problems kids have and what kind of exercises they have to learn in warming up so when they come back home, they know what they have to do to be healthy, not to become Olympic champion because the way mm -hmm. of Olympic champion is long. So we are building the culture of physical activity through sport for health and prevention. So this is the beginning, and we use all kinds of tools. Stairs, uh, little balls, gums, whatever. Beach volleyball is the same. Why I'm using beach volleyball? Because the sand is fantastic proprioceptive platform. It's not stable. Mm. So if you don't take stable position, you will fall. And especially for the muscles of the foot, it's very mm. good for the flat feet and prevention of the flat feet. And kids adore sand. It's fantastic. You know, they like <laughs> to play in all kinds of games in on the same. They like, especially the youngest. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then after the first training, normally we take them to the swimming pool where they learn something that unfortunately I know nobody's doing, which is breathing. Mm. 
learning to breathe. Normally, kids don't know how to breathe properly, which actually is giving difficulties for the heart to work. Giving recharging heart more than necessary will create possible uh, problems on the heart, arrhythmia, extra systole, etc., etc., etc. We don't want that. So giving heart proper rhythm by breathing uh, skill in swimming pool, we are helping the entire body to work properly. And how we do that? We enter the swimming pool. First of all, we learn how to breathe normal. Inspire, mm-hmm. expire. Ten times. Then we make combination with some kind of light exercises and then more complicated where we arrive at the end on conditioning, not only with all the groups, also conditioning inside the pool. Because imagine three jumps in the swimming pool are like one jump on parquet, but there is no stress on articulations. Mm. So at the beginning of the preparation period, it's very good to have swimming pool introduced inside. Mm. And of course, at the end, motivation. Uh, fear and motivation are my specialities I'm speaking what kind of approach they must have regarding them regarding environment etc 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 so of course I have production that tell me everything etc 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 so for them this is experience they never forget in their life yeah thanks for sharing that and thanks for the work that you're doing it's really exciting to think about you taking a look at the whole child and it also yeah. gave me a bit of goosebumps as you talked about how important it is for the child to be happy and for them to smile. That's the most important thing. That's the most yeah. important thing. You know, parents are giving you their child mm. with hope that you will yeah. treat their child like them, like a parent. Mm. And I say when I come and there is 170 or 180 kids in the group, I say, you all are my kids. Last <laughs> year, within Corona, um, I had three groups before they, they stopped me, and um, all of my four kids were with me, and mm. my wife, of course. Their trainings and everything regular. With 375 participants of my can we had zero casualties. Why? Because the doctor that we have on the camp is every single day there. Mm-hmm. Distance, masks, yeah. washing the can. She was always there. She was pain in the ass. But when you have the group like that, you have to do it. Yeah. Also, because when the kids come back home, you know, they say, hey, mask, distance, wash the hand. They yeah. already have it in the culture. She was yeah. measuring the temperature for all participants three times a day. Oh. Just imagine that. Just, the, you know, we have physiotherapists. You know, it's a serious structure because work with kids it's Mm. not work it's a mission and i think too many people you know i mean within athletics i'm not an expert in that but within athletics or within education people aren't going at it with a mission and with that sort of vision to make them smile to make them happy and also looking at the whole child you're you're doing fear talking you're doing motivational learning you're doing pool breathing exercises the sand the you know doing balloons in the regular court i mean you're doing all sorts of (laughs) i gotta see that 
look, we, we have mentioned um, Global Ambassador Special Olympics. Uh, regularly, every year, I have at least one group where I have kids with intellectual disability. Mm-hmm. And we have unified experience because kids with intellectual disability, they have trainings, program and everything, tests, whatever. And then we combine kids for mass population and kids with intellectual disability for unified experience. Awesome. Uh, I can tell you that kids for mass population do not have a clue how is to work or what means to be kids with intellectual disability. Mm. Because kids with intellectual disability, they don't have any possibility like kids for mass population to participate, to grow, to study, to be mm. human like kids for mass population. They live in a world without, uh, without bars. But they are in prison mm. because they cannot do or develop like everybody else. So, uh, in in as I said in a video that that uh, Special Olympics International have shared, for many 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 reasons and in many situations, people from mass population doesn't understand how happy they are mm. because they can be whatever they want and they can do whatever they want and they do not respect that, you know because. Imagine just kid with, with, for example, Down syndrome. Parents are afraid or ashamed, so they don't even make ID or they don't take the kid to the doctor. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? No. You know, and, and imagine just in the countries which are poor. It's terrible. For example, I will give you an example of the kid. I will not mention the name. He won two medals, gold and bronze, in athletics, in two disciplines. He lived in a house which I cannot call house. No mm. electricity, no water. So um, his mother was warming up the water on a fire. And with the candlelight, she was washing it. That was Special Olympics gold medal and bronze medal. After that, the minister of sport gave him stipension. 600 euros. So the parents organized among them. They went to buy ceramics for the bathroom, uh, for the water, etc. And then they go to electric company for uh, connect uh, the house to uh, to electricity. They asked to pay tax also for the time passed because no, they haven't been before. Oh. I said, can I go there just to talk to them a little bit? There is so many people. I met them. I'm very happy that I had possibility to, to meet these people. I'm choosing always to avoid them, not to face them, but if I can't, I put them in place and I let them know what they have and what they should have. I never had problem on my camp for four years because when my kids come, I told them at the beginning, we are guests here. You are my, you are my kids. With mm. my kids, you will obey like my kids. We have rules. If you see one of the coaches who doesn't obey that rules, he will be expelled. But if you do not obey what I tell you, what are the rules, I will buy your personal ticket for the bus and I will send you back home. So at mm-hmm. the beginning, we have already clear everything. Trust me, my kids, when they go from hotel to the gym, they go in row two with the coach in the front and coach back. 
and people is watching us. You know, um, it's not difficult. Yeah. It's only are you committed to do the thing or not. I want to pause this podcast for a moment to let you know about another great podcast. Hey, everyone. My name is Mike Dunn, and I'm one of the co-hosts of Rethinking EDU. Our podcast is a roundtable discussion about education possibility. We talk with professionals from around the country who are doing groundbreaking work reimagining and remaking schools. Come check us out at rethinkingedu.co or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, Vlad, thanks for also for bringing up the Special Olympics ambassador and the work you're doing there. It's, it's such important work. Um, and it's been great talking with you today. We've covered a lot of things. There's actually a lot more uh, that I would like to cover, a lot more questions that I have. But as we wind things down today, uh, who do you want to give a shout out to? We, we have talked about difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could suggest you two of my colleagues, Global Ambassadors. One is Michael Phelps, which is an extraordinary athlete. He spoke for uh, British newspapers about difficulties, personal difficulties. And the other is Michel Kwan. Uh, I believe two of them, Olympic gold medalists, could share some very nice and very beautiful experience with him. Mm. I believe Mm. that would be... Very nice. Or maybe uh, there is three-time Olympic champion, Misty May Trainer in beach volleyball. She's a really extraordinary woman. She could have also something to share with you. Time for the final word. What would you like to say to close out this podcast? First of all, normally people is asking for the signs or waiting for somebody else to be pushed hmm. to achieve, to do. But the answer or the strength is already in you. Hmm. If you really want to be happy and really want to succeed, search the answer inside of you. Give everything you have inside. Try to understand who you are. Because happiness is within you not outside. Vladimir, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for this conversation. This has been out of this world. Thank you for joining me on Diving Deep EDU. I appreciate your time sharing your experiences and helping us dive deep. To those listening, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Diving Deep EDU. If you like this episode, subscribe, share it out, post a review on Apple Podcasts. All of those things will help get this podcast out to more people. Until next time. Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire.